What is up, everybody? Welcome in, and thank you for listening to the sixth episode of All My Friends Have Plans. I'm not sure what episode this is. Look, it's been a while since I put out an episode, all right? And things have been going on, and I really haven't been feeling the need to put out episodes of this podcast. Of course, we have been working on triple coverage. Um, so if you haven't checked that out yet, please, if you're a fan of mine or a friend of mine or a family member of mine or an acquaintance of mine um, or an enemy of mine or just really if you have any connection to me, go ahead and check that out and uh, give that podcast a nice five-star rate and review on Apple Podcasts. I very much appreciate that if you were to do that. But it's going to be a short episode today. It's going to be a solo episode today. I was not planning on doing another episode of this show for a while. I do want to get it back up and running, all right? But this is not the start of that because it's going to undergo a little bit of a format change um, before it really comes back. We're going to we're gonna nail it down a little bit more and we're going to make it... Uh, you know, just a little more, a little more enjoyable, and maybe a little bit more unique, because I understand that at this point, um, it's basically a carbon copy of probably about eighty-five percent of the podcasts on the internet right now, and that's not what I want to be. That's not what you want to hear. So that's not what I want to give you. All right, but something happened last night, uh, Tuesday night. It would be because it's Wednesday right now. I know it's, the episode's going to come out tomorrow morning on Thursday. Um, but uh, as of right now, it is Wednesday night. So last night, something happened in Wisconsin. I'm sure you guys have heard about it by now, especially if you follow me on Facebook, which is where I'm going to post this. So unless you guys have been ignoring me but still want to listen to my podcast, whatever, you probably know about this. I'm sure you know about it. It's big news even if you don't follow me. All right, Um in uh i want to say kenosha is that the city that that the thing happened in i'm 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 not 100% sure on the minute details like that but i believe that's the city um yeah kenosha wisconsin right so it's kenosha wisconsin the site of the jacob blake uh not murder because he is not dead thank god um but he was shot seven times in the back um while witness reports say that he was unarmed at the time. There has been a new development that said that he had a knife in his car, but who doesn't have a knife in their car? I mean, I know a lot of working people and just people in general have a knife in their car. I have a knife in my car, too, and I would hope that a police officer wouldn't shoot me uh, seven times in the back because I have one. But that's not what I wanted to talk about today either. Okay, I understand that the... Culture and the phenomenon of police shooting unarmed people, specifically black men, but of course there have been other examples as well, such as black women, white men, white women. Uh, it's happened to uh, you know Latinos and Asians as well. It's not just a black problem; it is predominantly a black male problem. But that's not what I wanted to talk about today. I hammered that, um, you know, I hammered my thoughts on that topic into another episode. And if you want to check that out, it's the other solo episode that I had. I also had a good episode with uh, two of my friends, Jake Weisman and Johnny Dempsey. Um, and we talked about the, um, the, uh, the, the, the new somewhat new civil rights movement at the time. It was like a new resurgence of the civil rights movement. It's been happening since then, 
But again, that's not what I want to talk about. What I want to talk about is the shooting that happened at the protests on Tuesday night. All right. And listen, for one, if you are going to comment on this post or if you're going to comment on my wall on Facebook or if you're going to do anything, if you're going to contact me trying to defend the shooter, literally, I posted this on Facebook and I'm going to say it on my podcast. If you believe that, come over to my house and fight me in real life because that's absolutely ridiculous. And I'm going to tell you why. There's nothing that you can tell me that's going to make me think that this guy... 17-year-old kid who took an assault rifle. Well, it's an AR-15, so not technically an assault rifle, but you know what I mean. It's essentially an assault rifle. It looks like one. Um, it's uh, it, it works. It's a semi-automatic pit long pistol, technically. Um, but whatever it is, it's a weapon of war. He brings it across state lines. I mean, he only lived 30 miles away from Kenosha, but still, 30 miles is is somewhat of a long distance to go intimidate protesters that are protesting police brutality. All right. But that's what he did. And if he was just there for intimidation's sake or to, you know, let the protesters know that people are watching, that's one thing. And you know what? I think that's totally fine. But he very obviously wasn't there to just do that. He would brought a loaded rifle with him. He was wearing nitrile gloves um, maybe trying to, uh, you know, protect his hands from any kind of ballistics getting on, you know, any, any kind of, uh, you know, residue or whatever getting onto his hands. So the ballistics can check that out. Um, fortunately, everybody has a camera in their pocket these days. So the ballistics thing w- wouldn't really matter. He was literally on video shooting people and he shot three people, killed two of them. Now, there's two videos and there's two separate incidents that he was involved in. In my in my breakdown, this is what we're going to talk about here. We're going to talk about the first part of the incident last, all right? Because everybody wants to bring up the second incident. There's a video that shows the shooter being chased down through the streets. He falls. People kind of attack him when he gets onto the ground and he shoots at them. If that's all you saw, I could see how you would think that that was self-defense. Somebody comes at him with a skateboard and swings it at his head. Does not connect. Probably, unfortunately, because that person ended up taking a round in the chest and later dying to those wounds. Um, That was the second person that was shot that night by him. The third person that was shot was shot pretty soon after that. He was a uh, photojournalist who also was armed with a pistol. Um, Didn't take a shot at the guy, but he did run over to him and posture over him. He ended up taking a round in the right arm uh, at about muzzle distance. Kind of took a huge chunk out of his bicep there. And it was very graphic. If you guys want to see... Uh, what I'm talking about, the videos that I'm talking about, they are on Twitter. I'm not going to post a link to them because they are violent and graphic, um, but you can find them for sure. Just look up Kenosha shooting uh, on on Twitter, and uh, some posts will definitely come up with the videos. There's two videos uh, of, of that incident. There's one that's kind of far back that's 
behind the crowd that's chasing him, and then there's one that's off to the side that shows him on the ground shooting the guy in the chest. Now, like I said, if that's all you saw from this video, I would understand completely how you would think that this kid acted in self-defense. However, the problem with that theory is what happened in the first video, in the video that, that was recorded before this chase and you know attempted beatdown took place. Um, in the first video, it shows uh, people beating up cars in a used car lot or a car dealership. I'm not sure which one it is, but obviously it's a place that sells vehicles. Um, these vehicles were being destroyed by riders, we'll call them, just because that's the accepted vernacular, although they aren't really riding so much as destroying property, which I guess is part of a riot, but no people were in the crosshairs. There was no physical damage or harm to any person. Uh, the only physical damage that was done was to property, and since this is in response to physical damage being done upon yet another person, I personally think that's pretty tame. I know a lot of you disagree with that. That's fine. That's not what we're here to talk about. Okay, so we'll call them, we'll call them rioters. There were rioters breaking windows and beating up side panels and whatnot of these cars, and then the shooter comes in to frame. Um, the shooter approaches the people. He starts to be chased away by a smaller group of the protesters. And one of the protesters throws what is being called a Molotov cocktail on. Now there are also two angles uh, that I've seen of this incident as well. And from one angle, it does look like it could be a Molotov cocktail. However, from the closer angle of those two videos, you can clearly see that it's not a Molotov cocktail. It's not a flaming object at all. What it is, is a plastic bag with maybe some trash, maybe a soda can, whatever it is, it's non-lethal, certainly not going to explode and kill this guy. Um, he throws it at him, misses, by the way. Then the guy with the rifle, who, who was the target of the quote-unquote Molotov cocktail, turns around and shoots the guy in the fucking head. Shoots him in the fucking head. That's the first guy that he killed. Now, you're a protester. Tensions are already high because somebody just got shot seven times in the back the other day with their kids in the car, paralyzed from the waist down, luckily survived, but is paralyzed from the waist down. And you see somebody open fire and murder somebody in the street right in front of you. You're with that person. That person is there for the same reason, on the same side of the same debate that you are. How do you react? What, 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 do, what do you people who are defending this kid and saying that it was in self-defense, what did you expect they would do when this guy opened fire on the quote-unquote Molotov cocktail, which actually turned into be a plastic bag thrower? If anybody has anything that they expected, or if, if anybody has a nonviolent way that they expected this crowd to, to act in, go ahead and hit up my, uh, my Facebook comments on the post of this episode. Um, it's in my, it's in my, you know, it's on my wall or whatever. So if you 
are listening to this, you probably found it on my Facebook. If you have a problem with what I'm saying right now, go ahead and put it on there. But how did you expect the crowd to react, right? He's on. He, you can hear him walking away from the incident. He's on the phone, presumably with the police, talking about, I just killed somebody. Then he starts to run away. He runs right by the police who don't do anything about it. People are telling him, that guy killed, that guy shot somebody. Doesn't do anything about it. The police let him go. Minutes prior to the shooting, the cops thanked the group, the militia that he was with, the quote-unquote militia that he was with, for being there and gave them water. The police thanked private citizens for coming out with loaded weapons to face off against people who are exercising their First Amendment rights. And maybe they're getting a little bit overzealous about it. If you don't believe in the property damage, that's one thing. That's a difference of opinion that you and I have because I could not give less of a shit about property damage. I really couldn't. Not when people's lives are on the line. Not when it's a response to even one violent incident, let alone over 400 years of violence against a certain group of people based on their skin color and others as well. I could not give less of a shit about that. But if that's how you feel, then that's how you feel. We're not going to agree on that, but that doesn't need to be the point of this podcast. The point of this podcast is that it should have never been escalated to lethal levels. It should have never been escalated to lethal levels. And as much as this shooting is on the shooter, which it is, it's it's absolutely is on the shooter. This shooter will hopefully have to face consequences for this for the rest of his life. But it's not completely on him either. All right. If you saw the video, which I'm assuming most of you did, that kid was not a killer. That kid, he, he was a teenager. He's 17 years old. All right. He thought that he was going there to do good by his community. And when he killed that first person, you could tell that he was having a fucking crisis. When you saw him on the phone, it wasn't bragging, I just killed somebody. It was, holy shit, I just killed somebody. Oh my God, I can't believe that just happened. I can't believe that I had to do that. That's what his face said to me. And again... It is on him, and he will have to face consequences for it, but it's also on every single person who promoted this, the protests are violent thugs, the protesters are violent rioters, the protests are bloodthirsty communists, socialists, whatever you want to call them. That's the culture, or, 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 or I'm sorry, that's the mindset that produces the culture that makes people scared for their lives when a plastic bag with a soda can gets thrown at them. That's the culture that takes a 17-year-old wannabe cop. And I mean, yeah, he was a wannabe cop. He probably had you know, some tendencies that you probably you definitely I don't agree with. But 
but he he was he wanted to be a police officer because he wanted to help his community. He was a 17-year-old kid. He believed the people in his life that told him that the police protect our country and he believed the people in his life that told him that the rioters and protesters were violent and looking to kill people. He believed you. And this is why people on the left have fought so hard to to dispel that narrative. It's not necessarily because we agree with the riots, although I've made my I've made my opinion known that I don't give a shit about the property damage, but it's not because we're out there cheering on property damage. It's because we're out there trying to put it in context for you people. And it needs to be in context, and that's a problem that I think a lot of the American right and I I don't mean to disparage you like I don't mean to lay into the right. If anybody's conservative listening to this, it's going to be a little bit rough. All right. But I don't mean to lay into you like that. But the American right has had a problem understanding context for the past 15 years at least. All right. It's constantly like, oh, well, if if a white person gets shot by police, people don't care. Or if a white if a white person gets shot by a black person, people don't care. Yes, we do. We do care. But in the context of is this a systemic issue that has to do with the you know, the structure of our nation, is that, is that, that? No, it's not. All right. So in context, the reason why these police brutality, the reason why police brutality incidents get more of a national response is because it's more of a national issue. All right. But if you don't look at it in context, it looks like people just don't care about Cannon Hinnant's death. Of course, people care about Cannon Hinnant's death. It is a tragedy that that kid was taken from his family at five years old for having the audacity to ride his bike in the driveway. All right. It's absolutely inexcusable that that happened. But guess what? If you look at the context of the case, the murderer was arrested that day. He will face justice. There's no chance that that guy gets off on a technicality. And there's even less of a chance that he gets off on a technicality, moves to the next county, and gets the same fucking job and the chance to do it again. But the American right refuses to look at that context. And so they compare things that aren't the same. The American right refuses to look at the context that people are responding to murder of their People and our people too, but when you're a member of a of a of a persecuted group and you see members of that group being persecuted right in front of your eyes, it's gonna you're gonna take that more personally than someone like me. So it's the the context of these people going and burning buildings, going and burning public buildings, especially police departments, precincts, um, big name stores, stuff like that, burning these places down, even looting them, even looting them. If you compare that to the deaths, the murders that have gone on the past 400 years, that in context is a light response. But the American right refuses to look at that context. The American right says, well, I mean, Black Lives Matter is more violent than the police because the police only kill so many people per year, but Black Lives Matter is destroying buildings and stores every single day. And yeah, that's that's true. 
people are protesting and, and destroying stuff every single day. It's been happening in Portland. It's been happening in Minneapolis. It's been happening in, in Louisville. For Breonna Taylor, I know a lot of people don't know about that because we haven't really been talking about Breonna Taylor very much lately, but her murderers are still free, and Louisville is still burning because of it. And when you when you take those extended protests, those riots, those those outbursts, and you compare them to actual violence, that's when things like last night happen. That's when things like what happened on Tuesday night in Kenosha happen. Three people that were there to protest, that were there to show their solidarity with these marginalized groups, shot. Two of them dead. One of them may lose his arm, will lose function in his arm, at least for a while. Might have a stub. I mean, it was a it was a very, very large hole. And um, And for what? You know, why did it need to get that way? Why did it need to be escalated to 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 measures that could kill people? Well, because the shooter believed all the people that told him that these protests are violent, that 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 Antifa is looking to wage a war on middle America. That's literally the words that that have been used on the Internet. Literally, Antifa is waging a war against middle America are the words that were used. And we're fucking surprised that people are being shot in the streets now? I'm supposed to be I'm supposed to be shocked that somebody took an assault rifle and murdered two fucking people in the middle of a protest with that fucking rhetoric going on. I'm supposed to be surprised by that. I'm not. And and I'm and I cannot accept it. Obviously, yeah, the shooter's going to pay for his crimes. Hopefully, he should. If it were up to me, he would. But every single person who propagates that narrative also should, and they won't. And that is a problem to me. I can keep going, but I'm not going to. Um, you know, I hope you guys get it. I, 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 I don't know what to do here. This is, this is not good, obviously, and it's so much more complicated than just rioters versus shooters, and it's so much more complicated than just cops versus people, which is how I was framing this, this, this kind of skirmish, this conflict back when the George Floyd protests were really popping off and, and starting. That's really how the fight was framed in my mind, but it's obviously much, much, much more complex than that. And I don't have the knowledge or the ability to fight it. You know, it's a culture war we got going on here. And the more susceptible one side is to propaganda than the other, the more emboldened they are going to feel. All right, and I'm talking about you again, conservatives. I'm talking about you again. I mean, when you see when you see a pile of chairs burning at UC Berkeley. And this is a somewhat old example, it's about 4 years ago that this happened and, and uh, but when you see a pile of chairs burning 
when you see windows breaking, when you see people walking out of a store with a TV, you know, underneath their arm, and you say, look at these thugs, look how violent they're being, it only opens the door for more violence. And when you take somebody who is committing a crime, absolutely, and it's not even a victimless crime because, yeah, there somebody has to pay for that. Uh, if it's a store like Target or AutoZone or whatever, it's going to be, you know, their insurance. Like, they've definitely got protection from that. But even if, if it's a small business owner, you know, that person probably is going to have to pay. But even still, it being a not, not a victimless crime... It's still a non-violent crime. And when you assign violence to the crime, you make it so that the next person that goes out there to quote unquote protect, you know, businesses or protect people, you give them license to kill. At least in their mind. And it doesn't matter if they're truly justified or not, because two people are still dead. Two people today are dead that were not dead yesterday because somebody felt like their life was in danger because they were brainwashed into believing that this crowd of people was an angry mob intent on killing, I don't know, white people or Americans or or Republicans or cops or whatever it is. It's sickening. It's absolutely disgusting. And... um, I mean, really, look, I'm not saying this to anybody in particular, but if you're listening to this and thinking, oh, well, I mean, I, I've been, I, I think they're thugs, I think they're violent, then you need to look within yourself. And I'm serious because that's an issue. And I can't just sit here and think that, you know, we have this misinformation going on and I'm doing nothing about it. I know that I'm I'm pro- probably 12 to 15 people are going to listen to this episode of this podcast, but I don't give a fuck. I had to say something about it and um you know, hopefully, I don't know, hopefully you guys agree or whatever. If not, you know, whatever. Frankly, I, I really don't give a shit if you do or you don't because I know I'm right. Those people did not need to die. Jacob Blake did not need to be shot in the back seven times. George Floyd didn't need to have his neck knelt on, whether he's on fentanyl or not. All right, well, we, we can keep going. Breonna Taylor didn't need to die. Tatiana Jefferson didn't need to die. Sandra Bland did not need to die. Tamir Rice did not need to die. Andrew Shaver did not need to die. We need to do something about this. And... It's just unfortunate to see the people who are standing up and doing something about this be painted as violent criminals and then murdered in the streets. Thanks for listening, guys. Uh, no episode of Triple Coverage this week. We might we might put it on late, but it's not coming out today. Um, I know we missed last week too. We'll get back out there. I promise. But the world's burning again. And, um, you know, the sports world has taken notice too. basketball is canceled or it was canceled on today on Wednesday. Uh, the Lakers and Clippers are not going to be playing anymore in the playoffs. Uh, a few baseball games were canceled. We'll see what happens tomorrow. 
with the sports. Uh, I'm not sure about hockey either. We'll have to check on that. But, you know, if it's, I mean, it's so, it's so important. It really is so important that we band together on this. And even if you agree that the police system right now is perfect, I think that you could still agree that somebody without a weapon should not be shot seven times in the back. And I think that we, we can still agree that somebody who is unconscious should not have a knee in their neck for three minutes while they're on the ground snoring. And I mean, his knee, the knee, the knee was on his neck for over eight minutes, but he was unconscious for at least three of those. You know, and so even if you agree with the takedown and the hold, once he's literally no longer conscious, he's not fighting anymore. So there's nothing that he can do. You know, I, I, I do apologize. I don't have the name of uh, the man who supposedly threw the quote unquote Molotov cocktail, which was actually, as we mentioned, a plastic bag. I don't have his name. I'm not sure if it's been released yet. I looked it up and I couldn't find it. But even if that was a Molotov cocktail, when it landed on the ground, it didn't explode and light that dude on fire and fucking kill him. He should have known that his life was not in immediate danger right there. Um, we do have a culture that loves our guns and I will admit to you that I am part of that culture as well. I don't have any guns, but I do have a healthy appreciation for them. And I, and I do think that they can be a very useful tool in maintaining democracy and really a way of life. I'll never deny the importance of our right to bear arms, um, as an American citizen, or even as a human being, I believe that, um, we should have access to these things because there are very valid uses for them, but our culture around them maybe looks at them as a be-all, end-all of problem-solving or self-defense or whatever it is. Um, that culture's got to change. That culture has got to change. And also the culture of demonizing people who have clashes with police the, the the culture of loving the police I think really needs to be changed and we can appreciate the police for what they do once they start actually doing what they supposedly do um, we're going to talk about that on the next episode I think and you know what I may, I may come up with another solo episode next week because it's already been about a half an hour on this and uh, I really got to get out of here because I said I was going to about five minutes ago. So, yeah, just to end this, our culture needs to change. We need to be more mindful of the way we frame certain events that happen in our, uh, you know, in, in our society. You know, we can't, we can't describe things as violent and deadly and bloodthirsty when people are not dying um, it, accuracy is important because if we had been accurate, if we had taken care and made sure to, 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 uh, emphasize that these protests were mostly nonviolent when it comes to a person, you know, when it comes to human beings, then maybe those two people would still be alive. Maybe that dude wouldn't have a hole or a chunk taken out of his arm. Maybe uh, the shooter wouldn't be in prison right now and looking to be in there for quite a while. Um, 
you know, I mean, and, and, pl- and that's that's ignoring the fact that he's 17 years old, so he's not supposed to be open carrying in Wisconsin anyway, and he's also not supposed to bring a, a, a weapon across state lines, which he did technically twice because he, he brought it into Wisconsin and then brought it back to his home state of, uh, what was it, Mi- uh, Michigan or whatever? I, I don't know where he's from. It doesn't matter. He's not important, and I don't want to um, highlight his identity. He's just the shooter, and frankly, he's a piece of shit. Um, he is a piece of shit, but every single one of the people in his life that told him that these rioters were deadly, these rioters were bloodthirsty, whatever it is, they did not do him a service. They did him a disservice, and they are just as much to blame for him being in prison as he is. Um, of course, he pulled the trigger, but they put the idea that the trigger needed to be pulled in his mind. And that's just as dangerous. Thanks for listening, guys. Um, yeah, I don't know if I'm going to come up with another episode next week. We're going to find out together. Um, thanks for listening. If you if you did, if you haven't yet, go ahead and hit that subscribe button, that follow button. Uh, and then we, we will find out together whether I have a new episode or not come out. Uh, this is Alex Erdman for All My Friends Have Plans. And you guys, man, we got to be better. We, we just, we gotta be better. <laughs>